Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ashes on your forehead or not, you're going to die. Each year, we have this service. We make the sign of the cross and ash on foreheads or on palms and mark the beginning of Lent. And we hear those words spoken directly in front of our face that says, Remember, you are dust. And to dust you shall return. It's what you see, what you hear. It's the same thing said to the elderly, middle-aged, teenagers, children, babies, men, women, all the same. All are reminded that you are going to die. In some ways, then, Ash Wednesday is the antithesis or the opposite of what we hear in the news. Ash Wednesday stares you in the face and says, you're not safe. You never will be. Death is crouching at the door. So that's a stark thing to think about then, isn't it? When God created man in his image, he said it was good. Adam and Eve were created as the good creation of the good and holy God. Yet when woman and man ate of the tree, God spoke a word to them which showed them what their sin has brought about. To Adam, God said, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now God wasn't just simply saying your body is going to go to waste and decay. It's true that happens as a result of the fall into sin, but it goes far beyond that. It's more serious. And even in this word of judgment, God is being true to his promise. The eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil would bring about death. The wages of sin is death. So here's man who is the creation of the eternal God, and man is the one who sinned against him. Man formed from the ground, from the dust. The word Adam means from the ground, literally. And after thinking he knew better than the Almighty God, the Lord puts him in his place. He humbles him. He shows him where he really stands in this after the fall. And that's who you are, too. You are dust. And to dust you shall return. So does that make you uncomfortable? Well, it should. But not in a way which you feel uneasy, but a way which stirs you to your core. Because you see, God knows your hearts. He knows what it is you desire, what you think, what you believe. And there's no escape, even as you are sinned from the time of conception in your mother's womb, we're heading towards that very instant, toward the grave. And all that is sinful deserves this sentence, and no one is able to wiggle his way around it. And so tonight, Jesus tells us about our hearts and where it is we are to look. So again, listen to what he says. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Did you listen to Jesus? So what about it? Where's your heart? Where is it tonight? 
or is it each day? When you look at God's commandments, what does God tell you about where your heart is and where is your treasure? What or who is it that you love and hold dear? Well, in that epistle reading tonight, God teaches us what our new life is to look like as the baptized people of God. And he admonishes us to see this instruction. God inspired St. Peter to write, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's what God tells you to make every effort to supplement your faith. Is that what your life looks like? Have you been making every effort to supplement your faith with those things? Or has your life been making every effort to love treasures of this world, which are not eternal, which Jesus said where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal? And all of those examples leading up to that, to the treasure, about when he talks about praying, fasting, giving to the needy, are all these things in your life self-serving? Are they rather humbling yourself, looking outside of yourself, sacrificing? Well, like anything, follow the paper trail. Follow the time trail, too, of your heart, and you'll find where your treasure is. So look at your schedules, your credit card statements. Look at your bank accounts. Think about the conversations you've had this past week. Think about what the content has been. Think about what you've watched, what you've read, what you've downloaded, or just simply consumed in whatever media form it may be. Think also about what you're worrying about, what you're anxious over. What has your life been consumed by? What is your life being lived by? What is your effort? Now with those questions and examining yourself, what is your treasure? Where's your heart? Well, God tells you, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That reading from the prophet Joel tonight is a call to repentance, to return to the Lord. Yet those words from Joel also comfort us because we see God in his mercy toward us. Knowing and confessing rightly that we are dust, the, these words ring out as a light in the darkness of our hearts. And it's replaced instead with forgiveness, love, compassion, and Christ. 
Joel wrote, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. So does God know your dust? He does. But what is his word to you in the midst of that? He's gracious. He's merciful. And that means absolutely everything, and that's your redemption. The reading from Joel 2 ends with this. Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. So, dear people of God, the Lord simply doesn't let sin slip, but he takes the price that is justly owed and puts it on himself. You are dust, but you see, you are dust who are redeemed by the blood of Christ. In Romans 5, God says, Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Adam, the man from the ground, was dust. He returned to the dust. Jesus, the second Adam, would not see corruption, but instead endured death in order to atone for sin, your sin, the sin of the world, and redeem you. And so the sign of the cross marks you because of the crucified Lord as your Savior, who's died in your place in order that you are forgiven and have eternal life. The sign of the cross, which also was given to you at, the, at your baptism, where you were clothed with him, crucified with him, and raised with him into new and everlasting life. So for you, dear saints of God, behold Christ crucified for you, the Son of God took upon himself human flesh and blood and perfectly obeyed God's law. He is your substitute on the cross, suffering and satisfying God's wrath, which burns against sin. An ancient church father once said that God was baked in the oven as the bread of life in God's wrath. So he is your mercy seat by now which you have peace with God and stand righteous before God's throne. You are his treasure that he bought with his own price. So you're marked by dust, but you're marked by Christ the crucified. It's not just a smudge on your head. I guess it depends on who made the ash on your forehead. But it's in the sign of the cross. So when you go home tonight and you look in the mirror, if it's still there, and you try to rub the ash off of your forehead or on your kid's forehead, if they haven't rubbed it all over their face already, you find out quickly how hard that can be to scrub it off. And the more you try to get it wet, the more it becomes like paste and even harder. But know that just as you rub that off, that reminder of death, that tomorrow morning will most likely not be staring you in the eye, or when you rub it off your loved one's head, the day is coming when the voice of Jesus and his command to you will say, rise. And your bodies, which are dust and shall return to the dust, will rise from their graves. And at that word, the word of resurrection, and the voice of an archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God, your mortal bodies will be restored, no longer dust. 
but putting on what is immortal, what is incorruptible, even as Jesus is risen and raised to all incorruptibility. So Lent is here upon us once again. Last Lent was an interesting one. But you know what? The Lord is the same. So remember, you are dust and repent. Know and cling to Christ who destroyed death by his death and gives you eternal life and rejoice. Rejoice in your redemption in Christ who has created in you a clean heart and renewed a right spirit within you and will never cast you away from his presence because he's, he alone is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Rightly know your place as dust, but know in faith with all boldness and confidence in Christ that you are redeemed and in eternal life you shall live. Your treasure is him. Your heart is where Jesus is because it belongs to him. And his new creation will never go to dust, but will be full, perfect, beautiful, living forever, and will be your eternal home. Amen.